0: Welcome back to Control-T. I'm Henry Picavet.
1: I'm Megan Rose Dickey. Hello,
0: Megan Rose Dickey.
1: Hello, what's, Henry Picavet. What's going on? Man, I'm straight chillin'. I had a wonderful Pride weekend. It was, oh, oh thank God, so much better than last year. Um, can't complain. <laughs> good,
0: good. Sounds Pride weekend <laughs> was good. I had a few parties myself. Um, we are, well you're out next week. You're going to Zerg. Zerg.
1: I'm just gonna call it Zerg. It's not how it's pronounced. It's not. It's called mm-hmm. Zug. Mm-hmm. In Switzerland, going to the the blockchain conference that TechCrunch is putting on. Blockchain. Blockchain.
0: Ah. Do, you, do you know all kinds of things about blockchain?
1: Um, cryptocurrencies. Yeah. You gonna I sing
0: know. when you're on stage? <laughs> you do that. <laughs> just walk out and do that. Please.
1: <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Yeah. Honestly, that's how I'm going to get through it because I don't know what else to bring to the table. Just send the
0: questions in your head. Just send the questions, <laughs> and they'll look at you and then they'll go, "Okay, whatever, blockchain, blah blah blah, blah. Right, cryptocurrency, right, right. Blah, blah 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 blah, Bitcoin,
1: decentralization, blah blah." blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Token, okay.
0: So before you go, though, <laughs> we are doing our our last episode of Control that's true. T, everybody. Uh, but don't don't Do fret. Not. Dry those tears. <laughs> Because we're simply rebranding,
1: just a little rebrand. We'll <laughs> just be back. A little
0: rebrand, um,
1: just a new song and a new title. A new song, a new title.
0: title. So we'll talk more about that uh, at the end.
1: Yeah. All right, but what's up on on this episode? Ep?
0: This episode, we're going to talk about a couple of stories from this week. Um, first is iOS 12 beta is yeah, out. You and I word. downloaded it today. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then the second thing is Microsoft has. I don't know if it's facial recognition Um, can identify
1: the other face API
0: dark skin better.
1: Yeah, which is I have questions. Yeah. Given the timing could be soup forked up.
0: I have questions. And then uh, we have an interview today.
1: Yeah. We chit chatted with Carla Monterosso. She's the CEO of Code 2040, which is a nonprofit organization that aims to increase representation of black and brown people in tech. All right. All right. So, Lego. <clears throat> All
0: right, so iOS iOS 12. All right, so iOS 12 first up.
1: Yeah, so we you and I both downloaded it today. Uh-huh. And it's I guess, the
0: beta, let's be right. clear, it's the beta. It is not it's you're not going to wake up and get a notification to download it. You have to go find the link which is on techcrunch.com.
1: Yeah, so Apple Apple um this week made the public beta available for iOS 12. And with iOS 12 comes Memoji, which is essentially like you can create, you can create your own Bitmoji like avatar essentially, and then have it, you know, it picks up on your like facial expressions and if your tongue's hanging out, like it'll stick out its tongue. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah.
0: It doesn't (laughs) wink, it doesn't wink yet.
1: Oh, interesting. I want it
0: to wink. Uh, it also records your voice
1: records your voice um and there's also the new like screen time feature and i mean we've you and i we've had this installed on our phone 45 minutes yeah because it took like two hours to download and then some more minutes to install but um but yeah i did create my Mm memoji and i'm not pleased
0: you were not happy
1: no i actually felt pretty upset about it and um it doesn't get my hair right, mm. and granted, I mean, like my hair is so unique,
0: <laughs> or just unique.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not normal. So I can't say that I'm surprised that it's not being well. Represented. What is
0: normal? Can we? What's normal?
1: It's not like a neatly shaped afro, you know, like they have that. Which better is cool. rephrase.
0: That is a better rephrase. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. It's a little more, I don't know, actually my hairdresser told me last time I went in to see him, like, a couple weeks ago, he said that, <laughs> he politely said that he he wants to be able to cut my hair a little bit and shape it so that it looks more, quote, intentional, end quote. But my thing is that it I this is intentional for me, you know? It's intentionally supposed to look like, like, whatever, whatever the gonna look fork like it day. wants to look like.
0: So. Good place reference. <laughs> whatever the fork. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Uh. But it's, I don't know. So I was talking, I want to see if I can get in touch with someone over there and, you know, see how we can collaborate. Be like, yo, here's yeah. like, or can I edit the hair a little bit?
0: Make it so you can edit it, because that's what you and I were talking about. I yeah. tried to help you find <clears throat> uh, one and or the most suitable one and that's what we we had to settle for the most suitable one but it looks nothing like your hair yeah um but it would be cool if we could take it and stretch it a little bit exactly or um and we were talking about this uh i don't know how you felt about this but um i was talking to you about an interview that i heard on npr a couple of years ago with the pixar people talking Mm. about how hard it is to do hair um and water and i wonder that's why i want to know what the process for this type of application, yeah, um, how much they how much they pay attention to hair. There are a shit ton of options,
1: but more options in Bitmoji for sure, honestly. for sure. And I was able to find like I still couldn't find my exact hairstyle in Bitmoji, but it's definitely closer, closer than.
0: Now, I also did a memoji.
1: How'd yours turn out? Looks you like nothing
0: it? like me. <laughs> Looks nothing like me. Um, so I was trying to. I was like, cause I, then I because when you try to go away. 'Cause I don't know what my chin looks like. <laughs> I had to open up my camera um on the computer to look at my chin. Uh, right. And I was like, I, I, I guess that's my chin. Um and then eyebrows. I don't know what do my fucking eyebrows look like. So, anyways, I it's it's a fun thing. I think I'll use it a little bit more. I put a hat on because my hair mm-hmm. my hair wasn't there either. Really? Um, well, whatever. It it's too it's too perfect the as we were saying the yeah too perfect and exactly i couldn't find how to change the color of it i don't know so it and i've got gray in it mm-hmm. um so you know nice try but and i did i did get to play with some facial hair and the voice stuff is cool and i threw a hat on yeah so
1: and, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll add more functionality down the road. It'd be interesting to see what some of the the usage is. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, for emoji for when, when that first came out, which was about a year ago at this point, I felt really excited about it. I immediately sent, like, five. And then my usage, like, slowly dropped to zero. Like, well, actually, quickly dropped to zero. Zero emojis per day within a week, probably. And, um... Yeah, okay, sorry. This guy from Airbnb just texted me. <laughs> that was weird. I hate that guy. I'm going to cut this out. Um, but yeah, when... Yeah, so my emoji usage quickly dropped. So I just wonder if... This is all just to say, I wonder if Apple will even find it worthwhile to invest more time into it if they're wow. not seeing that people are even really getting down with the emoji, Like, because it's really just like a... Oh, cool, like this is fun and weird, but really is not an actual useful <laughs> tool.
0: Well, and I wonder if they're just trying to use it to to test other types of um, technology that they can use later just to see they're just they're <clears throat> throwing everything at the wall and seeing what comes out and this can be used in other places right like AR and whatever. So yeah, maybe that's part of it. but I, I mean, I hope it's fun when you first get it and if I think I I've also heard that my bitmoji looks like me and doesn't look like me. So everybody make up your minds, first of all, <laughs> and then maybe I'll just keep trying with an emoji.
1: Maybe, yeah. Or not. I don't know, I just feel like my hair is my most distinctive feature, other than my skin tone. Mm. Um, but. I think
0: being able to move the hair would help.
1: Yeah, just like lengthen it a bit, the, widen yeah, it.
0: Manually, with your yeah. digits.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Um. um. So you tried the measuring thing, <laughs> and you said it was hard. I measured my laptop.
1: Well, yeah, I tried to measure. I successfully
0: measured it 10 inches.
1: I feel like my hand was like too shaky. Uh, I was also nervous. I don't know.
0: You're nervous measuring something with an app. (laughs)
1: Because I don't know. But then I measured a piece of paper and it was like, okay, this is eight and a half by 11. Yeah. Though would could have just like known that already. I'm gonna but. test
0: it tonight on like my couch or my television. Mm. So. Oh yeah,
1: that's good because then because yeah. you're trying to sell your couch and then you can say yeah. if people are like, oh well, like what yep. are the dimensions? You're like, uh-huh. Boom,
0: boom, 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 right here. You know. Um. By the way, I plug trying to sell my couch. <laughs> if you are, if you need one, let me know, or else I'll just have to donate it.
1: Yeah. So. Goodwill it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's in Salvation good condition. Army. Fo sure. Word up. All right. Um. Let's let's roll on into the the next thing. Shall Microsoft. We? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Microsoft has an interesting relationship with artificial intelligence um, and black people. Right. Um, I okay. So okay. So the news is that Microsoft's face API, which is its facial recognition facial recognition technology, is now better able to identify people of color. I think it is it specifically say, black women?
0: No, they say men and women with darker skin.
1: Okay, okay. Um, so Microsoft isn't the only company that has, has struggled with properly identifying people with darker skin tones. But this is kind of a step in... I'm going to say it's a step in a direction. I don't know if it's... Because technically, yes, it's good that their technology is getting more accurate. But given that Microsoft is, you know... Um, Con- contracted with with ice to you know identify people it's like well maybe we actually don't want this technology to be able to properly identify people and it's just like an interest it's interesting timing for its technology right. to be to getting suddenly better
0: improve. yeah right. and it and i think this is the because we were talking earlier about you know be, this being used in in pic collage and mm-hmm. photo yeah applications, and like uber which, is a customer of theirs
1: right. like Identify drivers, and yeah, that seems harmless,
0: right? And Google does it, I'm sure. For Google yeah, Google photos, with Google Facebook, Photos, yeah. Obviously not the Microsoft API, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a, it's the old question of like it's the tech, and then it's the the hands that tech gets put into.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: if Microsoft is going to make a shit ton of money from a, a law enforcement agency or right. a military for, for local local or state um, for to track people um and suddenly it's better at tracking people with darker skin tones yeah it's just it's that that the optics aren't great there and it's skeezy and it feels gross and um just like what the issues are with with recognition amazon's program which was sold to law enforcement to track faces
1: yeah and i mean and that's that's something that Our colleague Taylor Hatmaker points out in her article, you know, that um, I'm I'm just going to quote her. While the eradication of bias in tech systems is a noble cause, the potential surveillance and policing applications of facial recognition in particular gives many critics pause, end quote. And so then she goes on to talk about Microsoft's relationship with ICE and um, then actually on our site, um, Brian Brackeen, the founder and CEO of Kairos, which is a facial recognition technology company, um, he spoke about just the, the implications of using facial recognition in law enforcement and how it just needs to not happen because the risks are just way too high.
0: Yeah, and he's the CEO of that company. Yeah. I mean, and He is saying that.
1: Yeah, and he also said, you know, like, as a black man, like, this is how... This is how I feel. And quick plug for Disrupt. What? Disrupt SF 2018. Talking about algorithmic bias and accountability. So definitely be on the lookout for that.
0: If you want to attend Disrupt Yourself, which you should want to attend Disrupt Yourself, you can get 15% off a single pass by just going to techcrunch.com, looking for the Disrupt site. I'll put it in the show notes here and type in control T, but spell out control C-O-N-T-R-O-L Tea.
2: cool
1: all that's right. very sweet yeah so all come right to disrupt nice and so next up we are going to jump into our chat with carla Monteroso. as i said earlier she's the ceo of code 2040 uh, it. cool carla Monteroso, uh thank you for coming thanks for inviting me yeah
0: welcome to
2: the studio it's nice to be here
1: so okay, you've been in the CEO role at Code Twenty Forty for
2: how long now? Uh, April ninth, I think. So May June. Okay, till it may, about almost three months. We're getting there. Yeah, two and a half months. <laughs> How's it been going? <laughs> um It's a brand good. new job. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's being a CEO for the first time, and um, and I think mostly it's like thinking about how you run this place in a in a not obama world (laughs) Mm. um how do you do racial equity work when the landscape of racial equity has changed as drastically as it has
1: right yeah and what what have you landed on yeah
2: um there i mean just a lot of things like one funding is just going to look different right um i think President Obama did this really incredible job of creating social capital for people to do the right thing. So like I'm going to call the CEO and say congratulations for making this investment or I'm going to invite this team to South by South Lawn and that kind of thing, amazingly enough, creates a lot of incentives for companies to spend money on the work of racial equity, right? Uh, at and innovate uh, innovation at, at the intersection of innovation and inclusion, right? And um, and then there was like the money, money. So like actual capital that he put into things like SIF grants and Department of Ed and Department of Health grants, um, and I think both of those things just disappeared in this administration hard, right? And so that means you don't got a moral authority at the top levels of government saying, actually, industry, this is what you need to be focusing on and I'm gonna reward you for focusing on it. And I think that makes much more of a difference than any of us could have anticipated. Can
0: you go into a little bit about what Code 2040 does?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we want black and Latinx proportional representation uh, in tech, right? And we believe that tech is shaping the way that we interact with money, information, and each other. And if the architects of that landscape don't look like us completely, then we will enshrine the same kinds of biases that were in the last landscape, right? And you're, we haven't seen changes to the economy the way that we are seeing now since the last industrial revolution, right? And so in the middle of like the internet revolution, the way that those chips land – is going to be really important. And up until now, we have been largely left out of tech tech and decision-making power in tech, right? So it's one thing to have some kind of representation, but then when you get to the top, the the boards and the executive teams, you are watching black and Latinx people be absolutely left out. And so Code 2040 um, does three things to get there. One, we have a set of student programs. Um, I think what we're known for best is our fellows program where we place students at different tech companies, um, over the course of the summer, our tech track program where we bring students in for a week and they get to see like 11 different tech companies. And then we utilize those student programs to be able to give feedback back to those companies. Right. So uh, for, you know, You never have a group of 50 black and Latinx people traveling around a tech company. You start to get a lot of good information about their relationship to inclusion (laughs) when you do. Um, And we can say things like, hey, you know, like 70% of our students were interested in working for you before they met you. And now only 20% are. And let's talk about the data that we got. About why, Yeah, I mean, super deep, right? And, and because we're able to do that, we're able to give feedback in a different way. And that kind of bleeds into some of our company programming where we do lots of trainings where it's about how to have conversations about race, how to understand the cultural core of your company, like giving people language because everyone's just so afraid of this, mm-hmm. like just really, really afraid of this. And even for the folks that really want to be involved in it, they're really afraid of it. And <coughs> so how do you start to give tools for people to manage with that? Um, And then the third piece is our community mobilization work, which is kind of two parts. It's like one part, like healing and retention of the people that are already in the the sector. And then the other piece is like, how do you connect them with each other and with an agenda so that they are doing the change within their companies that they want to see?
1: I saw the other day on Twitter, and and maybe this is the third element, but it's like an early career Mm -hmm. group.
2: Or, yeah sorry, what's, yeah what's the exact name of yeah, that the early career accelerator, we're okay. partnering with Slack oh, okay. um, to create an early career accelerator for professionals so that in their first to third years, I believe of um, of their careers, they can go ahead and um, and get the support the wraparound support they need to stay. I mean, most you get a lot of data that says uh, people of color drop out in the second or third year of their tech careers mm. um, because the environment's you know, you're stepping into a hostile environment often.
0: When you go to these companies and tell, give them this feedback about about from seventy percent to twenty percent, how does that <laughs> land on them? And then, what companies has this happened <laughs> to?
2: <laughs> um, well, we have all sorts of wonderful company partners. Um, I would say it like spans the gamut. So we have had, and you know, we've been giving feedback to companies for at least three, if not four, years now, right? Like uh, they, and it has been. Like, here is our experience of this and here's what you need to know about um, what is creating or not creating an inclusive environment for you. And I think for the companies with whom it works, they're like, oh, data, like, oh, qualitative feedback. Like, we don't get this. Because if you think about it, if you're a black or Latinx person in – the tech industry, it is not safe for you to give that feedback often, right? Like people want you to, but you are putting something at stake. And Co2040 has less on the line in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to be rejected by the company body for that. And so we are able to give that feedback. They, I think for some, they respond well. For others, like they don't, right? And then they decide that they're not going to partner with us on another year. We have very direct conversations. I mean, I would say we are direct and compassionate in the way that we give the feedback, um, but – we're very clear on the ways that we want those relationships to be so that it's not enabling a company.
0: Can you speak more about why black and Latinx workers don't feel comfortable yeah. giving feedback in their within their own companies?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you gotta think about this as like, you gotta mm-hmm. be in this conversation thinking about risk and power, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if, I am a person and I am like one or two black or Latinx people in this entire company and say I've got like a group of 100 people and I'm like one or two and I say, hey, this thing is wrong and it's it's hurting me, right? The ability for that person to be taken seriously as a it's not your individual problem, quote unquote, but a systemic problem within our company culture is pretty low. Because you only got one or two people to represent on that particular um, thing, right? It's much riskier for that person because their economic security and their social security within their company is at stake, right? And if you're going to be a manager, I think you know often we talk about we're talking about diversity, but what we're really talking about actually is integration of a workforce. Mm. Right, like you have a segregated tech workforce, you are integrating it, you are asking the first people at the table essentially to be the tech Ruby bridges Mm -hmm. and to like come in and be full-throated in their opinions, but you are not setting up the safety mechanisms for those people to be able to do that safely. And often your company's first introduction to having people of color or difference at the table are these people, right? And so you're not gonna know if something's messed up until you start to bring the population in, right? And either you're gonna be listening to that or you're gonna be defensive of that, right? And so when you have a group of 40, 40 50 people coming into a company or you have a um, like a student program that comes in and you know I have literally had students be like hey we walked through the cafeteria and people looked at us like we were zoo animals (sighs) right (laughs) you know and security walked around and made sure that they were like walking with, you know, walking with me every single place that I went and I got to the bathroom and back and all of that. And, you know, there are really good, like, people will say that there are good reasons for that, right? They'll be like, oh, it's because we have such a big NDA policy. We would do it to Mm. anyone, right? But how different is that same NDA policy to a Black or Latinx body that lives policed in their day-to-day lives, right? And so you've got to... the calculus is different, right? So like when we first started and we were getting a lot of white supremacist hate mail at Code 2040, one of the things that we were like, okay, how do we do security, right, for events? And when we talked to security places, we're like, listen, we actually need people of color to do this. We need them to know that the ethos behind having security here is to protect the community and not to protect us from the very community that they are here to protect, right? So we need to be able to have a conversation about what that looks like so that if anything happens, like they know the rules of the road to interact here because we do not want our community policed within our events. And once we we did that and we talked talk to a company about it, the ability to have really like frank conversations about that was pivotal to us creating environments in our community events where people felt safe and people felt like they were not being like watched or policed, right? And I, we've had people from within tech when they've gone to our events be like, oh, I noticed – that your security was different than what our security stuff usually looks like. I'm gonna take that back and think about it, right? But it's like the small things that if you haven't had a population of color in your doors, you're not thinking about it. You don't know to think about it.
1: Yeah, and you have you have an event coming up yeah. uh, later this month, right? Or yeah. in July, what month yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> co- yeah. Soon. <laughs> uh, the co 2040 Summit. Yeah, this year's summit's uh, about the Woken Word. Um, I really like that. Did you go to San Francisco? I did not. That would be Julian Gutierrez, who's our uh, director of community engagement. Yeah, it's here in San Francisco. Um, Essentially, we were like, well, part of this work requires healing, right? And for us, like, we get as messed up by this as anyone else. And so how do we provide spaces at this conference where people can heal and learn on activism around this. Some of the best work that we've seen happen has happened through people who are volunteers for our, you know, we had one Latinx engineer at like a unicorn tech company who, in the beginning, we couldn't get black and Latinx folks in. And then we worked with him, teaching him how to like get folks in the door um, and like how to give the loving pushback and how to get people to think about things differently. Now they are all good and are really getting a pipeline of black and Latinx engineers both through our work and other work. And they have now moved on to apprenticeships and boot camp programs, right? But part of that is like we were in an active conversation with a Latinx engineer in that tech company's doors and teaching them how to navigate what is often a really fraught conversation internally, right? Right. Or, like when we we did our um, Tech Justice League, we called it, we had nine senior engineers from all across. Um, from different companies and Medium we had an engineer from Medium there who had just been thinking about like how do you redo your entire technical interview and they went back from the learning that they did with us and they redid the entire technical interview at Medium open sourced it and now like 30 companies are like working with the stuff that Medium created out of having interacted with us and so we're really thinking about how do you start to do that really intentionally so that more people have the tools to do that kind of work internally
0: well it has to be intentional
2: yeah man yeah, it has to be
0: there's something that you one of the um, things that you do at 2040 is you the community aspect of it you you send the, the workers back in if there's only like three of them you connect them mm-hmm. um, company to company yeah but then you send them into their companies mm-hmm. and give them the tools to be able to approach mm-hmm. management yeah so I have this thing where I, I don't have this thing Making the, the, the person of color, the underrepresented minority do that work, mm-hmm. um, it feels burdensome.
2: Yeah. It
0: feels unfair. Mm-hmm. It feels like why should I have to take uh something that I have an issue with to my manager? Mm-hmm. Um, but then if 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 underrepresented minorities aren't at the companies, then that stuff isn't even being considered. So it's this weird it's this conflict that, that I struggle with.
2: Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the way we position it for our folks actually is about a set of choices, right? And the the choices happen over a long game. You don't have to make all the choices at the beginning of your career. You don't have to make all the choices at at the middle of your career or at the senior levels of your career. But, like, you have to understand that you are constantly going to be making a set of choices. I think we try to you know we have sat down with companies and been like hey our alums gave us this feedback about your chief technology officer and we think there is an investigation you need to do Mm -hmm. right and we've seen that have repercussions for people people in management and leadership when we have done that right so we're not expecting our community to do all the heavy lifting in that way like i think they watch us show up for them in ways Mm -hmm. when we can when we have the data to do that um, in particular, if you've got multiple people that are like, "Hey, this is a problem," then we try and like be very upfront and show up around that. I mean, it's got. We have given back money, right? Like w- significant mm. amounts of money um, to people as we're like, "Hey, this is not going to work." You know, this is not. You know, which is, I mean, at a nonprofit our size, is a really yeah. tough set of choices to make, but I think really important. Um, and then there is the second piece that like in the absence of having the tools for how you push back, it like flies past your face before you know it, right? right? Like I think often as people of color, we discover the things we wanna say in retrospect, Right,
0: and you go home and you're like, God, yeah, dang I should feel,
2: have said something. Yeah. And you feel
0: bad, but then I should have yeah, said something. Yeah. Even that statement, <laughs> it's the burden. Yeah, totally, and right? It's not fair. Totally,
2: it's totally. And so, how different is it though, right? If you're like 21 and someone is sitting right. you down, and you're like, Hey. Let's talk about like these five parts of your humanity, right? Like your gender identity, your sexual identity, your racial ethnic identity, um, you know, and let's talk about like the things that get said and what crosses a line for you. Right. And when does the line get crossed? When do you want to say something? Because otherwise, in particular, I think for the young men in like the program, assimilation means assimilate. Like, you know, we have data from some of our first cohorts where the guys would throw the girls under the bus as an assimilation strategy, mm. right? And be, and we're like, misogyny is not an assimilation strategy. <laughs> it ultimately impacts you. And so we had to get really intentional very early on about how you prep them for the ways that the work is gonna show up and, and that they can be like, okay, today I'm not gonna make this choice for my own mental health and my own career correction. But tomorrow I'm deciding that this is the choice I'm going to make. And doing that is a very different moment much more empowered set of choices than going home at the end of the night and been like, dang, I should have said something about that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, this is code 2040 for the first time, not under like, not under the watch of president Obama. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So, so I mean,
1: of course, you know, president Obama offered a lot of support in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, like you mentioned earlier, but you know, now that he's gone, now that there's this other weirdo, um, what do you need from the tech industry mm, and just the question. business community?
2: Yeah. Um, I think you need verbal and economic commitments, right? Like if you notice in the last leg of this journey, people were like, I'm putting down three hundred million dollars, I'm putting down a hundred million dollars, I'm putting down two million dollars, I'm gonna here are the things that I'm going to do, here are the goals that I'm at. and it was all very public, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like, it's kind of crickets right now. Right. (laughs) Um, and I think folks have, you know, it's, you get past the initial part of this where people spent like $1.2 billion and didn't see any change happen. And people are like, why didn't we see any change happen? Um, and so they're, they got to be smarter with their money now, and the way mm-hmm. that you, like they're selling this, um, and then I think there's the verbal commitments. And you know, every year we see people within our community struggle when things. You know, we're in the middle of what is the most toxic immigration debate mm-hmm. um, we've had in years. Which you know, not to say that there wasn't stuff happening before, but it is definitely the toxicity of it has ramped up, and it is very clear that it is like. The reason for it is because the desire to have less brown people, right? Um, And you need more CEOs that are like, actually, that's unacceptable to us. You can't do that. Like, we have a future workforce. I don't know if you saw, there was a study that came out last week um, that said that white deaths were outnumbering white births. um, And Mm -hmm. I think by 26%. And so... There's a demographic shift happening in the country, right? Mm -hmm. And no amount of racist immigration policy is actually gonna turn back the tide on the demographic shift. Part of how code twenty forty gets its name is that by twenty forty, the decade twenty forty, they're gonna be more black and Latinx people than anything else. And so, like, I want you to think about what it looks like for a country to be run primarily through a high skilled workforce, which is tech is eating up the economy. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're gonna have. And that the largest part of that economy, the largest people, the largest demographics in that economy, are not being brought along and integrated into those companies. You all of a sudden to have a like tailspin in the economy if that were to happen. So we have like a set of years where we can make that right. Mm-hmm. So there's a mandate. There's, there's a, a clear mandate. mandate. There's a clear mandate, and like if you're gonna act like this is a side project, (laughs) I mean like listen, I always tell people like when Zuck shifted Facebook from being desktop to mobile, He spent two years where every single leader was expected to come and report on progress to the shift. No one could talk about anything that had to do with desktop building at Facebook before they talked about the mobile building. Mm -hmm. Do we really think that it is going to take less to foster racial equity in America within your companies than it did to transition from desktop to mobile? (laughs) like i mean come on right? yeah no that's that's a good point <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah commitments at high commitments levels from companies yeah. i will yeah. believe it when i start seeing senior leaders start to get equity coaching from oh yeah from people mm. like from people who have like educations in this right like there are lots of people that are really educated in this like those folks need to know better how to manage a change like that and i don't blame them for not knowing no one has ever the no one has ever forced them not to know but now that they are making the commitments they've got to get the kind of education that allows them to make them and actually have them stick
1: yeah and then you mentioned earlier that you know with some companies you had you know you had received money from them but then you ended up giving it back mm-hmm. and is that because you had been working with these companies and they were saying yeah we actually want to be more diverse, be yeah. more inclusive, but then when it came down to it, they actually weren't willing to do the work. So yeah. then, were you just saying, okay, keep your money? We don't want to yeah. be. Yeah. So I would say be. like
2: the um, that comes in two two different categories. So one category is we worked together for a year, and there are some core tenets to our program that you couldn't honor, and so like. You've got to honor them in the next year if we're going to stay partnered together. And they'll be like, "Oh, I don't think that we can do that. That's not we we're really special. That's not how we work. <laughs> what What are some of those? I core mean, like dentists? I think secrecy, right? Like a lot of the, for the companies that are particularly secretive about the their own technologies and one team doesn't know what another team is doing. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. If you only have like a smattering of people of color, that means you take out the community that those people can be talking to right. Mm. Um, I think they're also, you know, like I think in in ways like that, you've got so um, like when we have that conversation, we're very clear about like the expectations that we have in those companies. And if it's not a match, it's not a match. And we're not like, it's not a match to hell with you we're out right (laughs) it's like hey at some point in time you'll be ready for this and when you are we're ready to be in that conversation with you Mm -hmm. but here are like the five things you need to do and you're not doing them so like that's not going to work for our particular this particular program maybe this other program might be better for you but like this one definitely not right Um, so that's one category then the other category is the place where you know if we have like one or two times we have partnered with a company where when we did we got feedback from our community about like abusive behaviors that have been had by people within that company and then we have to go and be like hey this is the feedback we got we cannot accept the money because our community is depending on us to to stand behind it Mm -hmm. but we thought it would be important for you to get these like 10 pieces of feedback that we got. And what you do with that is up to you, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes there's like quick movement to that. And, you know, people have investigations that start to happen and people like hold people. And sometimes they're like, okay, thanks, bye, right? Mm. And so I think- you know, we are trying to create better policy around it so that we're like really, really, really consistent. Because if we were to like not partner with anyone who's got skeletons in their closets, that's the entire valley. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to get really clear on what it means for us. And I think we're working to get clearer and clearer over time. But um, But we've got to have some kind of standard for engaging. Because otherwise you're just like – you can't accept – money and partnership from every everyone without an ethos. Otherwise, you'll start to be the label by which they can get away with their lack of inclusion and equity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I
1: mean, I think that's a really um, pertinent point right now, just as we yeah. are seeing, you know, Microsoft, for example, and other big tech companies, yeah. you know, partnering with ICE. Mm-hmm. And should they not do that? Should they not have these yeah. government contracts?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean... <sighs> You have to wonder, right? Like, if you had proportional Latinx and Black representation at all levels of leadership at Microsoft and um, and at any of the companies that have been found to have ICE contracts, do you make the same decisions about partnership? Like,
1: I would imagine no. Right? <laughs> but like, I don't know it's if It's a different we'll ever calculus, really yeah. right?
2: Like, no, I know we're going to know because okay. we're about to break this down. <laughs>
0: so that was Carla Montero. So it was a good talk.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed having her. Yeah, she's awesome.
0: I think it's interesting that that companies I wanted to know very badly who these companies were, of course. But of course she's she's sitting there saying that there are companies in the Bay Area who like, you know what? We can't (laughs) we can't we can't be more inclusive. Yeah, they're like, actually this This is too hard. This hurts.
1: We're struggling. Um,
0: So we're just gonna take our money back and then not worry about it.
1: Well, and it's not even that they're they're like she's giving the money back to the She's like, it's is isn't a good fit.
0: Folks, it's okay to be inclusive. <laughs> it's okay.
1: Yeah. And you know, and it's also it's also okay to ask for help. I think that there are definitely some fears that people have about, you know, not wanting to like afraid being afraid to ask for help because they don't want to come off the wrong way. But I mean, really it's about humility and just saying, Hey, like, I recognize that I don't know everything, but I want to learn. Yeah, and there are also, of course, lots of resources out there. Project Include is a has a great um, has a great site of just all these resources. Whether you're a founder, um, an engineer, a VC, just anything.
0: Well, and also VCs like the Cape Horse Center. They they have resources too, and they're they're a bit of an accelerator.
1: Yeah, they do have. Of. Yes, they the have, the have some workshops like and competitions. Stuff, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we said we had an announcement tonight. We do. We sort of made the announcement earlier in the show, but yeah, but we didn't. So we didn't reveal the name. Control T is being rebranded to TechCrunch Mixtape.
1: Damn right.
0: So we're working up the the changes, new song, new logo. And we're going to debut that episode on July 17th.
1: So be on the lookout.
0: Have a good week, everybody.
1: Peace out. Just catch y'all suckers on the flip flop.